Welcome back to another episode of the Shifting Podcast. I'm Edward Estelle, sitting here as always with Arthur Black. What's up? And today we've got Raj Sabarwal with us from Glass Revolution Imports. Hello. Welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Ed. Glad to be here. I didn't get a thank you. Hey. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank, thank thanks you. for being here, Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Such a rare occasion that you joined me. <laughs> um, what's happening today? We got some fun stuff on the table already. Yeah, I'm sure already. there's stories to be told. Yeah, for sure, man. But, um, you know, we always like to start off every show, Raj, with uh, what you drank last night. And I, I happen to know that you were at where we are sitting right now at one of my restaurants. Um, but I wasn't here last night. I was actually in the process of moving, so... I don't know what you did drink last night. Uh, I actually had uh, Mahon Gin, which we import from Spain, made with your house tonic, and it was delicious, really well presented. Yeah, that nice. house tonic's uh, bitter cube. Uh, Nick Kosovich was on the show oh, maybe sure. about a year and a half ago, something yeah. like that. And so, um, yeah, it was real fun. Yeah, I know, Nick. It was really good. And then topped it off with a glass of the uh, Elk Grove Riesling. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. That's funny because I had Riesling last night as well. I actually uh, drank a bottle-ish of, uh, <laughs> of Brooks Riesling. Oh, nice. Um, so Chris Williams dropped me off a bottle uh, last time he was in town. I, I love Chris Williams. He's, he's a trip, dude. Well, they're modest in alcohol, so, I mean, what's a bottle? <laughs> right. What's a bottle I mean, amongst myself? Right. Well, moving, and moving is heavy work, so. <laughs> it is. You know. Yeah, I need to stay hydrated. You do. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're talking about 90% water, give or take. Approximately, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. So, how about you, uh, buddy? Oh yeah. What about me? <laughs> I don't know. You haven't slept um, at all, have you? No, not really. Um, and my sleep has been really good this year, man. It just it, it it just comes and goes in waves, man. But the sleep paralysis and the sodomy demons haven't really been fucking with me. So, that's a good thing. Um, no, I didn't have anything to drink. Um, just just conscious sobriety. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but um, whatever. I got a few hours sleep last night, so uh, and that would I, be this morning. This we were talking morning. before we sat down here. Going to bed at seven a.m. I don't think counts as uh, last night. Hey, Amen. Sleep, sleep. Um, but I've got. We're, we're doing this today. We got some fun things. It looks like, and I have a wine dinner, an Italian wine dinner this evening at a at a market. So um, cool. I'll make up for the past couple of days of dryness. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, Raj, uh, we haven't seen each other for a few years. I think the last time we were we ran into each other was probably the Miami Rum Renaissance Festival. But I think you and Arthur have crossed paths a couple times at Whiskey Fest. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. happy to have you coming through town. I mean, I was just talking uh, a little while ago. I, I tracked you down. I didn't realize that so, so many of the brands that you import and that come through were all tied through you. Like, I just... You know, I leave a lot of that to my bar managers to know whom is importing what, and I taste, and when I'm really kind of tickled by something, that's when I chase them down. But when I was last in, well, not last, but last summer I was in Chicago with Kevin Berry from uh, Three Dots and a Dash, and we were in, sitting in the service well, and he just, like, busted out all the black outer rums that were just, like, badass, man. And we sat and tasted through the whole line, plus every cocktail that they make on the menu at Three Dots, and you don't remember a lot. out at the... At the service hour? Well, it was like Friday. Uh, it was like a Friday night, and he um, like recognized me and Matt, and he was like, hey, man, like, do you guys want to deal with this whole scene out here, or do you guys want to come in the back? We're like, is that an option? I know. Like, the back. Let's go to the back. I just didn't know if that was a new like thing. Like, no, it's cool. Instead of chef's tables, now it is, it's, it now it's trendy of to just hang out in the service aisle. 
I would. Like, yeah. it, they have two, like, <laughs> badass, like, bars back there behind the scenes that are, like, cranking all the drinks out for the dining room. And there's a drink rail that extends, God, it's got to be, like, 30, 40 feet. And you can just stand there and watch them make the drinks. It's literally like being at a chef's table. It's super cool. So, hey, if, if you do implement this three dots and a dash, I want a uh, cut on this. Uh, Arthur nice. as well, you okay. know. It's yeah, a, I, I need the, chef's the experience. Table. I want to check it but, out. Uh, but after we were tasting through all those black adders, I, I reached out to Kevin. I'm like, hey, man, do you, who imports this stuff? Like, who bottles it? Who imports it? Where can I get it? Because I've never seen it in my market. And he was like, you got to get a hold of Raj. And I didn't realize that we knew each other at that time. Right. Um, it was just kind of putting some pieces together and realizing that we hung out at the Amrut table in, uh, in Miami a few years ago. That's right. Yeah, probably three years ago, I think. Yeah, that probably would have yeah. been about three years ago. We, we've skipped the last two last years. Last year? Last year. <coughs> no, we were I there the year before. It's hard to remember. A lot of, a lot of drinks in between. Well, it's you know, like every, everything Blackadder does, including the rums, are all single cask. You know, it was like cask strength, and he does what's called raw cask. So very little filtration in them you know if you get down to the bottom of the barrel you're going to get charcoal sediment in your glass which is kind of cool especially in whiskey everyone goes hey i want those those floaters or those chunkies in there um but the rums we can't we can't get enough of them to begin with and then secondly when they come in they they go really quickly it's funny how that's kind of become a thing like uh, the little bit of Flocculation or turbidity or sediment in a bottle is like a defining characteristic of, of something that has not been processed or it, it, it's looked positively in a lot of eyes these days as opposed to everything that looks exactly the same complements to caramel coloring and right. you know, chill filtration and, and, and everything else. Yeah, I sort of equate it to uh, like a wine that's been unfiltered, unfined. You know, you get, you're getting all of the, the good stuff in there in my mind and when you chill filter a whiskey or another spirit you're leaving all of that flavor behind that's right kids hold on to your whiskey out there allow those different things to polymerize continue to build macromolecules and fall out you'll be the life of the party <laughs> especially if you phrase it like that like go hang out yeah. with that guy <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my wfyi uh, yeah, your public, monotone, public access monotone voice. Sweaty balls, stint, sweaty balls uh, comment. I'll, I'll chanter some, some uh, Mitch Hedberg here in a little bit or something. Before we get too far <laughs> into this, too, I want to, um, before I forget, because I, I, I will, but um, it, we uh, just got a nod from Tales of the Cocktail. Uh, for the shifting podcast, so like I would, I want to throw out thanks to like all of those people, all that stuff, because it, we're up with some real cool people. That is way cool, and I don't like. I don't mean every time I hear that, I still laugh. It's like, wild. Like, I know it, it's just two like, non-bartenders that are like it's okay, but um, um, I mean, it's like we've got friends up it's there, very like flattering. bartender at large, Eric Castro, and like uh, you know Southern Teague and and Damon Bolte with Speakeasy, and it's it's just real cool to to be up there and consider it a, a peer with. with those folks so again you know thank you so much to, to whomever it is that fucking did all that like i don't know how our name gets on there i don't know who listens but we appreciate it you but, were, i'm sorry go i was ahead. gonna say you're obviously reaching an audience and people are paying attention to what you're saying so that, yeah, that's uh, cool for well, better or worse yeah, well. <laughs> it was in the the basement at black market uh and, and and told me about it i hadn't heard anything about it but on the way down i, I stopped by like the kitchen it was like what up chef what's going on and he was like, oh, thanks, you know, on your denomination. And a couple of weeks ago, we did PopCon, and we 
we got like best food and beverage thing at PopCon. I was like, yeah, right on, PopCon. What the fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, and then I, I got down there and Ed told me, and I was like, oh, that's what Chef was talking about. Okay, all right, different. Nothing to take away from PopCon. <laughs> right, yeah. But uh, there's a far cry between tales and cocktails. Right, right. So, like, what? We've been at, what, we 50 episodes, two years. We got. Best in Indiana, PopCon, <laughs> nominated tales, and the fucking Oscars are next. I don't, it, the who Oscars, knows? yeah. There you go. Yeah, the sky's the limit, man. So, um, this is, um, I'm, I'm looking at some of the things in, in, in Raj's book. He's, he's got some pretty interesting things here. Covering it's a, a spectrum. Yeah, like I said, I've came to this from the Black Adder angle and then like looking you up through Kevin, but once I started seeing everything that you bring in, it made a lot of sense, you know? Uh, like you said, you mentioned uh, last night you drank the Mahone gin, which I fucking love that stuff. Thanks. Uh, we got a lot of gin here at Rook, and it's, it's one of my favorites to go to. Um, what, when, out of your portfolio, do you have any favorites, you know, that you're, I mean, I, I know you guys, like, are pretty They're heavily associated children. with Amrut. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, Amrut's the first brand we ever brought in um, and it still makes up a big chunk of our portfolio. Uh, the Blackadder portfolio um, is great. I mean, we get whatever we can from it. We also have a couple of other independent bottlers. Um, we're just about to start importing Murray McDavid, which hasn't been in the U.S. market for a number of years and they're a large independent bottler. And um, and then we're also doing like our own our own bottles, like the rum runner, the the rum that you're you got in your glass. It's beautiful. Or it's disappearing quickly, but uh, <laughs> the, the bottle on the table yeah, or the glass. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it is disappearing quickly. Inventory out there. What's in the glass? Yeah. It is beautiful. I mean, and this is. I mean, it drinks incredibly. Um, I don't want to say smooth because I fucking hate that word because I always associate smoothness with like. Sugar. I don't, or, you I know, don't but like, like smooth. It, it's, smooth it, to me is like it's silky. Right, exactly. Like glycerol or. It, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't get that. I, but I, what I guess what I was getting at is that it's, it's surprisingly easy drinking for something bothered at, or bottled at what, 142 Un, proof? 142 proof. Damn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You've been I'm drinking it, you didn't even know. 13, a, 13 year old. I will uh, reevaluate my emphatic. Response. Uh, <laughs> just on, on t- wow. Yeah. No. This does not have that kind of burn at all to no. it. Yeah. I've been. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh. You know. It's all like I will say. It's all in the wood, right? You get. You know. You get sixty to seventy percent of your flavor coming from the the barrel, and wood management is so important, right? <laughs> you know. You just got to have the right barrels. So how many of the rum runners, or how many expressions of the rum runner do you have out we, there? We did four originally. So two from Guyana. Uh, one was uh, sold to a private club. Um, and then we did two from Trinidad, uh, from the Fernandez distillery, an eight-year-old and 18-year-old. And then we just bought five other casts that we're going to bottle and release uh, sometime later this year. Oh, great. All right, now, are you buying that distillery directly from the distillery or through a, a negociant? A negociant. A <laughs> broker, you know, whatever you call them. In Europe, there are, there are a number of them that uh, sure. families have been doing it for hundreds of years. They have their relationships, which... Are probably a lot better than than me showing up at a, a rum distillery in Guyana and going, give me some sure. rum. Sure, no, yeah, totally. So. And I think that that doesn't t- talked about a whole hell of a lot. Um, it is a lot in the rum world and in the whiskey world, and it's seen as like this big, really big negative thing in the whiskey world. You know, like nobody wants to talk about MGP, which for us that is state pride. That is that is a fantastic 
you know. There, there's a lot of juice that comes out of that. There man. really is. And people, is. well, there was that whole big lawsuit in a few years ago about truth oh, yeah. marketing. That's, I think. And there's some brands that have not taken the best strategies in dealing with reality. The transparency of it, I think, is the biggest issue. It, 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 same deal with the rum world, but it, there's so much out there from distilleries that no longer exist, like Caroni, that, we, of course, it didn't come from them. They've been out of business for a couple of decades. Right. So, uh, you know, it, it, at that point, it's obvious that it came from a broker. So I don't think it has quite the negative connotation to it. So, uh, yeah, so obviously it was coming from somewhere. I wouldn't expect you're trekking around the world like Indiana Jones. Uh, Which would be fine. I mean, I, I do some of that. You know, I, I do travel the world looking for cool spirits. and, and uh, You've lived it, around the world. I have. You? I've lived in five countries, 18 cities so far. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. What are you running from there, bud? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's a secret, I can tell you. So, I mean, uh, Raj is not his real name. <laughs> or should I call you something else? Yeah, agents, uh, whatever. <laughs> so for people that might not be familiar with, with your book and your, your modus operandi, I mean, give us a, a little bit of lowdown how you got started into it. And you said uh, Amrit was the, that was sort of the one. Yeah, so uh, I had, uh, I, I grew up in Canada and, and, uh, my friends of mine were importing Amrut into Canada, and I had just moved back to the U.S. Um, in uh, 2008, which uh, we all know had the financial crisis and everything mm, sort of yeah. died. So, um, so getting a job wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. And and uh, my friends called me up and said, "Hey, we have this um, whiskey from India." And I go, "There's no good whiskey in India." <laughs> and they said, "No, no, there is." Um, and I went up, tried it, said, "Wow, this is good." Uh, and I guess the, less, the rest is history. I didn't know anything about the business side of, of uh, importing spirits. What had you been doing prior to that? I, I was in the corporate world. Actually, it was in insurance, which sounds boring, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> our listeners love to talk about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> talk about insurance? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Well, I did get to, I did get to travel the world uh, working for an insurance company. So, right, yeah, so, And right. so it was, it was fun. I lived in London for three years. With, with that, so... You and know. you brought that weather with you today. I did. I did. I love yes. it, man. This yeah. is my kind of weather. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know me. I'm a vampire. I don't uh, like sunshine. I know you're point. like the beach bum guy, but I can't handle that stuff. Well, you know, from pigmentation, I'm not a vampire, but I'm definitely not a daywalker when it comes to sleep circadian rhythms. Um, yeah, that's hmm. for sure. So, uh, and I, I'm, and I'll, full disclosure, transparency, I'm reading a little thing uh, that Raj brought with him, and I didn't realize this. Amrat is is Sanskrit, which means the nectar of life. I love uh, it. The oh, water cool. of life. Yeah. The the in mythology, the the demons and the gods were having a battle, and and uh, they had they were a tug of war with this big serpent wrapped around uh, uh, this mountain in the ocean, and pulling back and forth, and they started churning the water, and this pot came out of the water, and the gods drank from what was in there, and they gave them in, eternal life. So nope. that was called the Amrut. Why the fuck don't I know this story? That's a great story. It is a, it great, is a great story. story. And it involves serpents and gods. And there you go. And mountains and, and all the things you're into. I know. I'm, I'm amazed I don't have a tattoo of this Amrut. <laughs> you probably don't recall um, getting man. a tattoo. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, no, not the tattoo. I don't know about. I, the last time I saw you drinking Amrut was you drink it fucking heavily. We got some samples from you, Raj, okay. at... at when we were down in Miami, and 
God, we had gone. I think it was that night that we went to the Anderson, and their transformer got hit by lightning, oh, and the whole that place night. started baking. And we sat in there for what two hours drinking kava in like a hundred and twenty degree dining room. It yeah. felt like it probably wasn't hundred and twenty, but it was hot. It was and bad. You dropped your sister's pizza in the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was my pizza, but yeah, she got real pissed about that. It was one of the greatest. No, we were I've heading back. Seen. I remember we were heading back. I was like, I think we can make it over to see Leanne at the rum line before they close up. And we were hauling ass, and you were like, you still got that M root back there? And we are like, yep, I handed you the bottle, and then you chugged the whole yeah. bottle. <laughs> that was destructive, Arthur. That, that, that wasn't child of God, Arthur. <laughs> no, that was not nectar of the gods. No, no, two, two totally different different people. <laughs> um, well, I, I can't wait to, to like do more research and check that out. But I mean, obviously, over the years, you picked up some other eclectic things. There's a, the Spanish gin. Right, which is the oldest, so one of the oldest gins in the world. You know, it goes back, history goes back to the early 1700s when they started making gin there. Uh, during the, so the Spanish War, the British captured Menorca as their naval base. And gin was a drink of choice, but because the war... You couldn't ship it, so families on the island started making it. And, it's got uh, some really interesting tasting notes as well. That was going to actually make myself a uh, a, a, a quick uh, martini before we sat down here today, but then you busted out the uh, 142 proof uh, <laughs> rum runner, so I restrained myself. I've and got- uh, there's that, and then there's also a lovely looking bottle of scotch on the table. And forgive me if I'm forgetting a guest. Have we really done scotch? Not really. I don't no. think we've done scotch. Yeah. All right. So we let's might, talk some scotch. Yeah, we need to. We need to rap about some. Wow, well, we got. Well, not only that, but like I mean, the you know those Indian that it, or Emirates, you know, bringing in Indian whiskeys, but it's a, it's a Scottish style whiskey. It's you know? it's made according to the Scottish single malt regulations. Uh, you know, but it, all it goes into is barley yeast and water, and. Um, yeah, so I mean, let's talk about that for a second because a lot of people don't associate India as a, as a source of quality whiskey, and and, and you even made poke at that earlier. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I still have to assume there's a bit of truth to that, where the vast majority of, of what is actually produced whiskey in India isn't not up to par. Probably a lot of neutral grain spirit that Actually, flavored and manipulated neutral, and neutral sugarcane spirit. A lot of molasses. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. I said, yeah. I said neutral grain. Because, yeah, I mean, India is the second largest producer of sugarcane in the world sure. after Brazil. So in the past, you're right, they've taken sugarcane, made a neutral spirit with it, added some grain distillate or some imported scotch into it, and it's been sold as whiskey. And, uh, you know, going to India is a... In uh, younger days, uh, you know, we never found a good whiskey. I mean, it was like my cousins would say, hey, drink this. And they always wanted us to bring Johnny Walker Black. Was like, <laughs> yeah. Bring Johnny Walker Black. Uh, and, but now the tastes are starting to change. Uh, consumers in India, because they're traveling and working other places, are, are starting to say they want single malts. And uh, there's, there's two other producers of Indian single malt, all good quality. Um, you know, different styles, obviously, because of different regions, uh, but all made from great Indian barley and, and uh, you know, affected by the climate in which they're aged in because India's hot, so things mature a lot quicker. 
Have you been to India? I haven't been to India, no. I'm really pissed I haven't been to India. I'm surprised, you go. actually, that you, you haven't go. been. I know, already. I mean, I mean, I have a lot, a lot of friends that have spent time in India, and they don't, you know, they're largely, those are like not my drinker buddies. They're hitting ashrams and things like that. But yeah, man, and then I, I really want to go full knowing that it, it's not all roses. I mean, it's, I understand people have told me, like, you have to, you survive India, I think is how it was it was phrased. Um, well, but, you can either go and do the isolated thing where you're staying in five-star hotels and being chauffeured around and you totally ignore uh, everything else that's going around you, or you can be immersed in the culture and get a totally different experience. I got to admit, sometimes I like both. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think, you, I think it you depends have on to. the city, though. A lot what, of times, you know, where you're, city, whatever the country, even. I love seeing true culture. I hate seeing Disneyland culture. Um, I, I can't stand that 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 false representation. The facade. Um, yeah, going to a resort when you're going to the islands yeah. or some shit like that. Fuck that, you know. Or people yeah. saying, "Well, it's dangerous." It ki- man, that kills me. I hear that all the time about Jamaica. I'm like, seriously, you went all you took the trouble to go all the way to Jamaica. And you stayed locked in four walls at a resort, and you missed out on just the drinking beautiful people. I love yeah, the Jamaican people. Drinking and, shitty, and, yeah, uh, Pilsner brands or something, yeah. um, beers and, and daiquiris or whatnot. I'm, I still have a little bit of rum left before I jump in. Do you need me to finish that for you? No, that's okay. all right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just pour in your tea, and it'll be fine. This that really goes down smooth for that kind of proof, man. Yeah, what you said you uh, the. Trinidad that you bought all of the Rum Runner was even a little bit higher? The uh, eight-year-old is 70, 151.6 proof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got, Arthur's enjoying it over there. That's tasty. All right, so... Yeah, what did you just pour for us? I just poured you uh, from an uh, 11-year-old Linkwood single cask. Linkwood's a space-side distillery. Um, there was only 249 bottles out of this cask, and it's at 52.3 or 104.6 proof. Uh, you don't see a lot of Linkwood bottle because most of it goes into blends. Um, but it's one of my favorite distilleries. I think it's very iconic from a space-side style, which is lighter, a little more floral. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was like, it's, it's heathery. Yeah, a lot um, of heather, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Not a lot of smoke to it. No. Right, so and that's gonna... it, you know, speaking of smoke, Arthur, that's a, a lot of people when you say, you know, you mentioned we're scotch, uh, people automatically think smoky peaty, mm-hmm. where only 8 to 10% of whiskey that comes out of Scotland is like that. There's so much um, misinformation in our, our, our business at mm. large, and I, we've said a, a number of times, I've tried to say a number of times that I speak alcohol better than I speak English. Um, which is totally true. Which is totally <laughs> true. But like all the misconceptions there are about bourbon whiskey, there are they're probably more about scotch. And you know, my favorite is, oh, I like whiskey, but I don't like scotch. Yeah. Um, and it's like, okay, that's kind of <laughs> dumb. But stick with me and let's explain and 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 break that down. And to your point, um, no, not a lot of scotch whiskey does have that that smoky kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there's a whole number of distilleries. I mean, well, we're probably about 115 distilleries or something like that in, in Scotland these days. Um, so highest number of uh, uh, distilleries. And, boy, they sure make a lot of it. But when we talk about single malt scotch, um, in particular peaty, smoky whiskeys, we tend to think of those as being more 
something we associate with the islands. Right. And that's still true to form, even though everybody these days seems to have their own different finish and, you know, big, crazy 240, like, what is the octa? Oh, octamore. Yeah, it's like 240 yeah. parts per million or something, right. peak content. I was going to say octagon. Octagon, oh, really uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it makes you feel like after you've had it. I know, yeah. I know. And that's, that's just, really that's, oh, and it's, it's, not, it's not shy of alcohol proof either. I think no. it's, it, it rides pretty hot. Um, so definitely a, a stylistic um, difference here. And, and I, I, I do want to speak maybe a little bit more towards Indi- India because uh, I think so few people are familiar with it. You men- mentioned that they, they mimic the standards employed for Gaelic whiskey production. Correct. But that's just got to be like a thing. That's not like a European Union mandated. It's not a mandated. Thing. It's it's a choice that Amrut and and the other okay. whiskey distillers have made because they want to produce a quality product that's going to compete with wood scotch, Scottish single malt, world single malts. Um, you know, I mean, especially now you're looking at every day. One of the Japanese distilleries say we're cutting back. We're not going to have this available or that available. Uh, I really think stuff out of India, you know, watch out because there's only three now. There's going to be more distilleries that are available, and they're all going to continue to produce quality products. So you see the needle moving? They're kind of pulling everybody else up? Yeah. I mean, 15 years ago, how many people were drinking Japanese whiskey? And um, honestly, there's... I wouldn't say there's an extraordinary amount of demand in terms of volume for Japanese whiskey, but there's sure as hell, there's a lot of questions and curiosity. And I, I mean, I talk to bartenders all the time that, that do want Japanese whiskey. Well, yeah, it was about three years ago, uh, one of the major whiskey publications, I can't remember who, said that the Japanese were making better scotch than the Scottish. And no. I was like, wow, yeah, that's, yeah. you put that in print? Yeah. It's no, a death it, wish. It, oh, it was five or yeah. ten years ago, one, they, they had, I think it was 08, like Japan had just two monumental like accolades where they got like best whiskey in the world or something like that, and their auction bottles were selling something crazy, although it, the record, which was a Japanese whiskey, I think was just beat back in January with like McAllen yeah. 60 or something. It was yeah, like a, a right. million dollar bottle or some yeah. shit. I don't know. It was, yeah. it was crazy. Full disclosure, like, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you even look at Armored Fusion when it came out in 2010. Uh, the Whiskey Bible called it the third best whiskey in the world, gave it 97 points. And people are going, a whiskey from India? You know, how can that be? Um, but they've, they've received a lot of accolades in, they did. over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where when I first tried, uh, I'm really, it was through the rum. I, somebody brought me in to sample on it. And then um, a lot of my whiskey friends were like, oh, no, we're really, really, really familiar with Amrit. Like, they, they make some fantastic whiskeys. And that was kind of my avenue of introduction uh, through, to the product. Um, but again, I, at that point, I did not realize that that was coming from you. Um, <laughs> Even the Mahone, I didn't realize that until last night. I didn't realize that was in your book. Now my bar manager did, um, which is one of my favorite gins. I'm like, oh, wow. I think we all owe I think we do. I think everybody. So you want to give him applause. We'll just trust that you did. Well, we, we just want, you know, we've always sort of been, I, I guess, a little bit on the leading edge of trying to find stuff that's cool and but taking the risk because a lot of it's been educational. I mean, you can't, you know, Selling a whiskey from India to the general public has been a challenge. I mean, eight, nine years ago when we brought it in, it was people would walk by and go, I, you know, it's from India. I'm not going to try it. And, and now people want it. They're interested. They're, they want to explore it. 
So, um, since we've never really talked about scotch, and I'm, I'm totally going to pull this out of my ass, so correct me if I'm wrong. As opposed to all the other things you say. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I pull out of the crevices of my brain. Okay, okay. Right. thank you for going Some kind of crevice. But yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. Then Before you got here, Arthur, we were talking, uh, I, I, gave me, he's like, so what's, what's the rundown here? I'm like, don't worry about language, any of that stuff. You can say whatever you want. He goes, I'll try to keep up with Jake Parrott. <laughs> my favorite episode shut the fuck up jake <laughs> jake's yeah. a dear friend no he's um, awesome and, and what a wonderful guest but it's just like jake shut the shut man, up i was with jake Jimmy, this is an interview you stop we talk <laughs> you start talking again that's how it works i was with him at an abv uh, in San Francisco, gosh, a couple months ago. It was right before we went to New York, I guess. And um, I left to go to a dispensary. <laughs> and uh, I came back maybe no. about 35 minutes later. And he's holding fucking court at the end of the bar with all of their, their customers. Like, there's like 10 people around. And he's educating them about all of the House Alpins line. And, like, I mean, essentially doing a trade tasting like he would with, with us. But, I mean, it was all their customers. And he's just kind of in at the bar yeah. preaching. You know, yeah, he always calls everywhere, every place like that church. church. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you're passionate about something, you know, you just yeah, he's 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 a wonderful presenter and, yeah. and extremely extremely knowledgeable. <laughs> I just I I love how we started off like, what did you have to drink last night? And I I was like I had such and such, and he was like that's such a great brand. Blah 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 blah. And I was like, do you want to finish all my shit for me? You want to? Just... <laughs> I'm not even gonna be here. So uh, all right. So anyway, scotch. Right. So, um, India, obviously not obligated to some of the legislation, according to the European Union, um, for, for, for scotch production. First of all, it's got to come from Scotland. It doesn't get more easier than that. Um, secondly, it's got to be aged at least three years. Third, uh, there are a number of different types. Um, single malt scotch is uh, the thing that people, I think, miss tout as being the best but i don't you know think that 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 that's entirely true and then um if it's single malt it's got to come from one distillery and has to be made from one grain which is malted barley or barley that is capable of going through a sacrification process and lastly uh, oh not lastly but if there's an age statement it has to be at least that age it's not an average um, and it doesn't necessarily get like better in the bottle, so don't buy a ten-year-old bottle of scotch and hang on to it for ten years and be like, <laughs> right. "I got a twenty-year-old scotch." That's across the board with any booze, though. right? No, you don't. You've got a ten-year-old, ten-year-old <laughs> right. scotch, and max capacity on 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 barrels is seven hundred liters. But that's again from memory, and I'm running on no, small sleep. That's, that's, that's correct. correct. That's correct. All right, correct. cool. Um, so when you're talking about Indian production, ad adhering to those Scottish traditions, are they across the board? Just for Amrut? For Amrut, I'm sorry, not yeah, not all brands, but Amrut. Are they yeah, like the, the ones that are producing single malt, uh, so Amrut, Paul John, Rampur, to name the three of them, uh, they all adhere to that standard. So one distillery, bar malted barley, yeast water, okay. Asian oak barrels, minimum three years. Uh, one, I mean, one differential you have in India versus Scotland is the hotter climate. You know, in Scotland, it's going to take a number more years for the whiskey to mature. 
Uh, they right. lose one to two percent on average. The angel share in Scotland. Do they have more above ground, like here in the states, or more more sellers? It's above ground. Yeah. All right, so yeah. that isn't going to increase right. the and volatility and evaporation even, yeah, and everything and, else. And they've even tried putting it in the cellar. It hasn't slowed things down. But, but it's Omri, still hot. It's, yeah, they, they, <laughs> it is. They lose, they lose 10 to 15% a year. So think of it. In five years, 50% of your barrels yeah. evaporated. That, that, that's, that's a rather high I mean, that's, those are like rum rate. numbers that we're talking. Right. I mean, so yeah, we, we talk about tropical ages, aging versus continental aging. Right. But just, so, yeah. um, and the alcohol strength goes up. Just like like in Kentucky, it's very similar, you know, because it's a little little. It's hot, but it's drier, so you lose more water than alcohol. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, whenever ambient condition, the ambient conditions of a of a barrel and a barrel room are extremely important in terms of, of, of how solution extracts flavor and evaporates. And if you have more moisture content that's in the air surrounding the barrel, then you have less for water in the actual solution to, to conflict with. And as a result, you know, alcohol is, is going to evaporate at a different rate than actual water of, of, of the spirit. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, in, in Scotland, you have a handful of regions that are kind of cl- classically recognized. You have your islands like Isla and Orkney, um, Sky, um, but this is coming from Speyside. So we're, we're in the northeast, and if you were flying into Scotland, you'd probably be, what, going to Aberdeen? Uh, no, you, I mean Edinburgh or, or Glasgow because that's right there in Speyside. Okay, yeah. All right, I think I yeah. think when I went, I went to Aberdeen, but I suck at making travel arrangements. Um, and I just I can let, vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually all right at paying them. I'm just not good at making them. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I'm going to disagree with that one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whatever. Uh, what the hell was that restaurant we went to in Tampa that one time? Oh, geez. No, no we didn't go to Tampa. We, no, it was actually, that was when we were hanging out with the Emirate guys. It was, yeah. We went to Maikai and... Oh, wow. Oh, we were, great. I think we were there for three hours. You was on that bus? Ran up a $1,200 tab. No, I don't think you were with us. No. no. I, no. All right, because there was some big dude I didn't like. No, he was yeah, from the front the of the guy. bus telling me to shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, those were his exact words. He's lucky he didn't <laughs> Yeah, stopped. I wasn't happy about that. Um, especially when it's self-destructive, Arthur. So um, you do you can't make traditional associations about the different regions and, and, and flavor profiles of Scotland, and usually in Speyside, which is kind of like the Napa Valley, where there's a large, very um, strong concentration of distilleries. You're they're a little bit bigger, fatter, rounder, not as peaty as opposed to the islands, which are peaty. And then um, the lowlands, of which there are only uh, three, four operating distilleries in the lowlands now, are considered to be sort of the lightest. Mm-hmm. And this really bridges the gap to me for a, a very feminine, elegant Scotch whiskey um, that, that does have more of that heathery kind of thing and, and, and a softer oak influence. This is, this is it's a spirit de meditation, something to dig your nose in. And, no, and, totally. This is something you kind of sit around and chill with your friends you don't mm. need to uh so- sit and talk about it for 45 minutes on a podcast <laughs> i guess we that's what we do and it's, but it's 11 years old it's beautiful uh, well, well, i do like the really like floral note like, to it because it is you know yeah. it, people do and I, i'm gonna you know echo what you said it's that that oh it, it's scotch it must be smoky right 
Um, but, you know, you hear that about Moscow all the time, too. And right. I think, you know, we're starting to learn that that's not the case there either. Fuckers so. call him Moscow Smokey. You know? Sorry. I'd but it's yeah. an education. Yeah. Place in my heart for Moscow. Yeah, and no, you're no, right. I'm there. Yeah. Everyone but that's what we're here that. for. We're here to, to yeah. educate and, and encourage people to go out and try some of these new things. Or not new things. These new things are only 700 years old. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have different feelings about the Moscow Smoke thing and the Scotch Smoke thing because I hear a lot of bartenders or service professionals say, Oh, you like tequila? You should try mezcal. It's kind of like the smoky scotch tequila. Of, yeah, it, and they, mm. they they draw this parallel. Like, well, if you like scotch, and most people are like, no, um, <laughs> you'll love mezcal. And it's like, I get it. Like, we need to communicate to our guests in a way that they understand, however that may be. But you know, scotch to me shouldn't be defined by peat. Right. And mezcal, sure as shit, should not be defined. By pungent, stinky smoke. Right. So, Raji, I mean, it, you're going around and you're making market visits. I mean, you're coming to us to try to get us to buy this product, and there's just an equal amount of people working in the restaurant and bar industry that have those same uh, misconceptions about Scotch or even Indian uh, uh, single malt as anybody. So, like, how do you get through? Like, wh what's your spiel? Like, I mean, how do you break through that barrier? Because you know, I find that oftentimes it's just like getting the product into hand yeah. is the, the, the biggest barrier. Like once people can taste the product and it speaks for itself, then it's okay. But it's the barrier of getting them to actually pour it into their glass. Yeah. So, I mean, education is a big part component of what we do. But and part of what I really enjoy doing is blind tastings. I'll pour five or six whiskeys out and say, okay, these are all single malts. They're from five or six different countries. We're not going to unveil them until the end. And we're going to taste through them, and we're going to analyze them, and try to figure out what they are. Blind tasting is a bitch. For one. <laughs> yes, it is. It's a very yeah. humbling experience. That's what I was going to say, yeah. but I was going to say it in a much less eloquent way. Humbling. It, it can be a downright embarrassing experience sometimes. Blind tasting is a motherfucker. Yeah. How's that? That's <laughs> yeah, that better. That's better. Thank you. So, and, and, but, we have to earn our e. <laughs> but right. I think we got it. Um, Even blind tasting spirits uh, within like a specific genre where you might, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lead blind tasting, like these are all rums or these are all whiskeys. Um, I, I do, uh, for a wholesaler, I, I developed a, a spirits academy. It's a 12-week curriculum. And we ended it with a blind tasting. And I'm like, all right, how can I make this legit and not be too big of a dick by making this blind tasting? And no, you, you really can't, not be a dick when you're putting together a blind yeah. tasting. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard, and I I mean I I had one of my I had uh, I had one structural assessment where it was like these are just varying ABVs. One's forty, one's fifty, one's sixty. Put them in order. I had one oak influence, like one has a lot more oak, one has a lot less oak. Put them in order, and then I had a whiskey flight, and it was like. One scotch, one's Irish, one's rye, one's bourbon. It's like a George Thurgood song, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he still alive? I would doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> He's well preserved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably, George, if you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> I would love to fucking interview George Thurgood. <laughs> But, you know, uh, to that point, Arthur, it depends on what the, your objective is, right? I mean, if you're doing it educationally, yes. Sure. But if I'm doing it for a panel of consumers or trade 
and I want to get over any mis or preconceived ideas, right? So if I pour you, hey, this is from India, you're already thinking, oh, it's going to be this or that. Oh, yeah, or this, there's right? already a negative. Right. So if you pour a bunch of different whiskeys and nobody knows where they're from, and they're all single malts, they're all the same ABV, um, they're all made in the same style, you know, let's, let's see what, what people can garner that way. It, it does make for an awesome exercise, and you can make a lot of people <clears throat> kind of bite their tongue or take a step back and be like, oh, yeah. Huh. Although the easiest part of my blind tasting, um, I had one agricole rum next to just regular, and the agricole was the pair of noobs. It was the, the Oaxacan. Uh, yeah. mm. Right. Which yeah. is like... You open it and you can smell it from ten feet around the That's room. That's a beautiful rum. Everyone got that one right, minus one person, and I—I I almost wanted to pull him aside and be like, "Really, dude? Hmm. Really? Nah, but I love him. He's a good dude." So, anyways. So after you do your blind tastings with with a, a, a bar owner, restaurant owner, I mean, what are you looking? What are you looking for feedback wise? I mean, just they're like, "Oh, this is delicious," and you're like, "Surprise!" Yeah, I, you know, it's surprise. A lot of times, it's surprises. It's people go, "Wow, that's really good." I mean, and then ask them to rank it, right? And so they have to right. say, "Oh, this one I picked. This is my number one." Well, that one's actually from this country. Like, no way, you know, that's incredible. Um, but it's it's overcoming that preconception or that all whiskey, all best single malts come from Scotland, or you know, they they can only be made in Scotland or whatever. What's the um What's the competitive price point uh, with with these products? The 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 Indian as well as the the Scotch whiskey. I mean, are they? They're relatively they're they're priced relatively the same. So like the fusion is seventy retail. You know, so comparative. Okay. So how many states are you in here in the United States at this? Forty five. So you can get this stuff pretty much anywhere. I mean, unless you're yeah. what like. I, uh, let's not call out the five states because we want to. We want you to, you know, travel and find it. And I'm sure they're all all great. But I mean, yeah. I, they're probably control states, right? We can just throw that out. <laughs> uh, uh, or you know, or they're uh, we're we're probably going to end up being everywhere. But you know, it takes time. Sure, of course, yeah. that's a lot of work, and you haven't been doing it that long. Forty-five or four to five. Forty-five. Okay. All right. Uh, the, no, four the, the, to five. He's he's not sure. It's either four or five. <laughs> depends <laughs> on the day. Depends well, on the day. I, yeah. I heard forty-five, yeah. and then I heard you say something about. Well, we're not going to list the five states. I didn't hear your four. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You you, you didn't put enough emphasis on your four. On my syllable. Pronunciation. So then I was like, "Damn, five states! <laughs> shit! All right, so no, forty-five. We're in five states, 40, all over forty-five. The United. Yes, plenty available. Plenty of availability. Uh, not all of our brands are available in every state, but sure. uh, certainly, you know, Armored is in all of those forty-five states. Uh, Mahone in a big selection of those. Man, um, I, and I'm I can't say enough good things about the Mahone. I thanks. again, I know we're sitting in a place where we serve a lot of gin. And when we first started doing this, we, you know, well, when we relocated this restaurant, uh, we did that uh, about two and a half years did ago. It, do you have the gin? Yeah, we do. Do you? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring it over here. Curious why we're not drinking it right well, now. Well, I was starting to, but then he dropped the 142 proof rum on the table. And I was like, <laughs> we're like we don't need and a I gin. And I was like, that's out the window. <laughs> um, 
Well, no, I mean, but so you said you're you're available in 45 states, but I mean, I presume like obviously the Amrit stuff's pretty widely available, but your stuff like Rum Runner, uh, I mean, how limited availability is stuff like this? Because there's not that much of it out no, there. No, I mean, there, you know, like that bottle there's 231 bottles for the entire country. Oh, geez. Uh, so so they, we can keep this one, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're, uh, you know, key markets by so New York. California, sure. Illinois, uh, I- I- Indiana will get some. Uh, you know, just a question of our distributor. You know, I- I- the U.S., again, and Arthur is very familiar with this, the three-tier system, you know, limits where we can and can't sell. So sure. as an importer, we are we have to rely upon our distributors to pick up the brand, get it into the uh, state, and then making sure it gets to the right retailers and the right on-premise accounts. Yeah, it's not always, you know, always easy. Right, yeah. I mean, like, I, when I reached out to you a few months ago, asking about the Black Hatter, it's like, eh, we got none left. I'm like, damn it. Damn, damn it all. But I do have four like, coming in, I told you. I know, you. that's great. Because uh, there's like, I mean, there's a couple of bars in town. That's about it. That would be really yeah. interested in that stuff. I mean, I, it's a little bit higher price point, And, you know, you've got to be a specialized place to carry it. Um, and Which we are, but, you know, of course, they're not going to warehouse it here in Indiana for me to buy a couple bottles. So, I know... Um, we're, um, if our listeners could see this, they would see that Ed and I are both kind of like waving our arms. <laughs> We're to, trying to, to grab the to bartender. Get, yeah. <laughs> to get a bottle of over here. Well, he's, but, got, he's got some people sticking Well, right I know there. he's working. But, I mean, in the interim, like, uh, what can you tell us about the gin? And I'm, I'm, I'm just curious because you don't see a lot of Spanish gin that's out there. Um, are they employing like oxidative handling, which which uh, Spain has a, a tremendous history with, whether it be wine or whether it be spirits? Um, is it oak aged? Is there something unique about it? So it's uh, it's grape based. All right, grape, a neutral grape spirit from uh, the same grapes that are used to make cava. Oh so really? They, yeah, okay. So they get oh, that. Cool. They get it from uh, Pinedas, uh, Catalonia, and and bring it over to the distillery, which is on the island of Menorca. The um, the main uh, secret that they had not secret but the thing they do is giving away they, all the secrets they, right here. They 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 air dry their the juniper berries for anywhere from two to four years. Whoa! And what okay. that does is it raises the citric citrus level in the berries. Okay. Right. Yeah, and it also exposes it to the salt air because they're right on the bay, so you get a little salinity, a little more citrus notes. So it. Even though there's a lot of juniper in there, it doesn't taste like juniper. Uh, juniper forward, it's more. It's not piney. It's more citrusy. Yeah, no, that's what I really love about the gin. Oh, here so it comes. Here it comes. Um, employing. Thank you, Shane, the graves. bartender. Shane's Thank bringing you, Shane, us. Hey. All right. Thank you, Shane. All right. Uh, see, that's that's exactly right. It's like you get this all that like kind of lemon peel and a little yep. bit of coriander right up right up front, and. This has been one of our favorites across the board, and it's, again, it's one of those, like you said, with the uh, uh, Indian single malt, uh, you know, when people look at our shelves and they see gin, you know, everybody's looking for the London Dry, or even starting to be a lot more of a, the American kind of new style of gin, but, um, you know, we've like, got to try this Mahone, and it does have a beautiful bottle and label as well. It's, so it's, uh, it's a category onto itself. It's the, the only gin with a designation of origin that's available in the U.S., uh, I didn't know there was to, such a thing. Yeah, Plymouth used to be, but they dropped their DO two years ago. So, okay, yeah, because I mean, I, I knew, I didn't realize they dropped, I knew about Plymouth, but they do have a, a PDO with the, the European Union. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
That's cool, folks. Yeah, Chin de Mahone. It can only be made on the Isle of Mahone. It has to have certain uh, qualifications. And that bottle is very iconic. They've been having that bottle with the little hook on it since uh, back to the 1700s when they started. Yeah, so, I mean, imagine uh, like an old old milk jug or, you know, like the like a jug band. Got the little little finger uh, handle on the yeah, side. Yeah, so if you need to just slug a uh, slug yeah. some couple ounces. When we shit. were kids and the milkman would bring by the milk. And I'm not that old, man. But, you know. <laughs> so I was, I was like more thinking about my days out in the backwoods of Alabama when I played in a jug band. Taking <laughs> 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 yeah. a grip. Double on the jug and washboard. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know what made me think of this, but I'm going to run with it. Um, it's always a dangerous precursor. Still made in made in uh, small uh, alambic pot stills, wood-fired. So that gives it that nice, round, he rich flavor. He preemptively got in front of my... He did. He, you were going to ask me about kind of like My dumb story. <laughs> no. Sorry, sorry, great. Go ahead. Go it's ahead, fantastic. Go we ahead. Need, no, we need to, like... <laughs> no, it's you're thing. hired. <laughs> it's going to be all the more worse I've now. been trying to learn that technique for two years. <laughs> I, and I, I want to come back to those stills, but I, for, you said jug band, and that made me think of the Muppet movie. Emmett Otter's jug band? And I was going to ask you... Not that I've watched you, it a thousand times. If you, I was going to say, you know, did you see the Muppet movie? And then I remembered that you have a fucking back piece of Jim Hansen. Yeah, um, I have all the Muppets tattooed on me. Right, right. But it, 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 it's such a great movie. That's my oldest tattoo, too. I got that done when I was between 18 and 20. And I'm, <laughs> wow. I just turned you get, 42. You got a, a Muppet tattoo at, at 18. 18 yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So the, the fucking dude that owned the shop, Barry. So listen to this shit. This is the guy that owned the shop, I'm starting to get this shit done. And it was looking pretty cool. And, you know, it's just like a once a week kind of thing. I'm going in and getting work done and having all the Muppets done on my back. And the uh, the owner of the shop's like this biker guy, and uh, he'd come. In, I'd come in, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, hey, come here, come here, come here." And I'd go into his booth, and he'd have customers there. He's like, "Come on, uh, show me your back, show me your back." And I'd show him. They're like, "Oh wow, that's super cool." He's like, "Yeah, he's a pedophile." I'm like, "They fucking asshole!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ! I'm like, I'm not gonna do this anymore. If you thought you were gonna be cool about it, and you know what? <laughs> I I would disagree with that because I. The, the Muppets were made for They were not us. intended, yeah. They, they, were made, yeah. they were made for, for adults. Do you remember what time it aired? It was 8 p.m. It came on at 8 p.m. Kids were in bed. Now, I was allowed to step and watch it, but, like, the Muppet show was on at, like, 8 p.m. It was not supposed to be a huh. children's show. That's, like, prime time. That's for adults. But, yeah. I, I, I need to reflect but back. But we digress. On my, uh, yeah. You didn't know what the hell you were sitting down to, did you, Raj? Uh, I'm <laughs> open to everything. Do you have any tattoos, Raj? I do not. No? Okay. No. It's not too late. I know it's not too late. You're right. Yeah, no, it's no. not too late. Do you yeah. like the Muppets? I like the Muppets, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think uh, it's a little too late to get a Muppet tattoo. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it's you good want to point. Like, copy yeah. my style. Yeah. I, <laughs> if I were to get a Muppet tattoo, it would it'd be Gonzo, Gonzo. Yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah. So the, my oh, whole yeah. back piece started off as a, um, I, all I wanted was Dr. Teeth, because he was the coolest, <laughs> man. I mean, he's like a, he's like... Just had that kind of like j- beatnik jazz kind of voice, you know? And he was like this, like Dr. John, Elton John mashup. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, I just yeah. loved that. I was like, man, I want to be that guy. Dr. Gold Te- tooth. Dr. I wanted a gold Dr. tooth Dr. so Teeth. badly. Dr. Teeth was a cool cat. Man. Yeah. We, uh, the whole I, band, and that's the other thing you talk about it being an adult show, like Zoot that was always stoned off his mind, out of his mind. It's like, <laughs> like little kids weren't picking up those jokes, you know? The, kid, the dude, the, the character's name was Zoot. 
You know? <laughs> it's like, come on, man. You know? Crazy Larry. Little kids just wanted to see animal, but, you know, it was like the adults, you're like, oh, man, that's awesome. Well, that's what I had Sesame Street, you know? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. those characters were kind of the same, you know? Same little animals. This is ironically not the only episode that we talked about puppetry. <laughs> I think we had a whole conversation with Don Lee about puppetry. Oh, All right. So before we... Olympic stills. Run away from Sesame Street. You got to no, throw we're it saying, out. No, we're staying there. Never mind. We, we're staying in the you green. You got to throw it out to Dave Chappelle with his skit, um, Muppet Street. Oh, yeah, whatever he did. Yeah, Oscar yeah, yeah. the Grouch and like... Bitch, I live in a trash can. They all they have venereal diseases or something. I don't know. But we did it with Q-Tip. Q-Tip was the guest on that one. He was uh, singing a song. <laughs> <laughs> Throwback little tribe. Okay. Right, so, on. I mean, tying straight in. Uh, uh, we, so, yeah. We got the, the gin on the table. <laughs> yeah, we um, We've had a quite a we, bit of booze now. Well, not really. They're small pores. Well, the proof. Um, <laughs> is the um, Is the Amrit here? Uh, we have it. We can get it. It's, it's somewhere in, in a miscellaneous bag about four feet behind us somewhere. But uh, yeah. we got to try that. Yeah, well, of course we do. Because of course we why do. Would, why would we make, through, make it through a whole tasting? And, uh, oh, look at that. Yes, they they just landed on the table. Okay. So, so between, uh, between you and I, Raj, I think we've got your whole portfolio like just kind of strewn about. Probably. Yeah. Although I'm glad you, I'm really glad you brought the rum runner. I mean, I thought no, you would. I thought you would appreciate it. No, no right. secret on this show of, the, of my, uh, my my rum proclivities. <laughs> uh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I would never assume that what you had to drink last night was was rum. I drank Riesling last night. Yeah, actually, with Riesling. <laughs> yeah. just, uh, I just want to go back to Scotch for a second because the, the thing that I'm excited about right now for Scotch are single grain whiskeys. And I just I did a I've done a couple of seminars recently where we've just had single grain whiskeys. Uh, so unlike single malts, they're grain. They're made by one distillery. Still have to be aged for a minimum of three years, but they are amazing. And uh, from a value standpoint of view, you know you can get a thirty-year-old single grain for like less than two hundred bucks. And and for a thirty year old anything that 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 that's not a bad price point. So and, and they're I, delicious. I think we're going to continue to to see that. So um, he had mentioned um, single grain. That just means really anything that, besides malted barley, but one hundred percent of so uh, unmaltable barley, which just doesn't have the enzymes um, that that multiple barley has. But also, I mean, quart wheat. Uh, Court, court, <laughs> beef? No beef. No. Oh my god, dude! Where the fuck is my? We're mom moving to animal farm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Well, I, I said court and not pork, <laughs> so it's like, what legal issues do I have right now? Um, pork whiskey. I'm down with that though. Pork whiskey. <laughs> Why is that not a thing? Already? I mean, we've I got we've got uh, pechuga and the ibérico. Yeah. I mean, why not? That's true. Yeah, it essentially yeah. works. Again, we're putting this out there. We, we came up with I know, first. we're throwing it down. <laughs> have you thought about picking up um, a Mezcal line? I mean, it sounds have. like something that would be I, right I have. I, I came very close to one last year, but uh, we looked at the, the, the... It was excellent Mezcal, small batch, artisanal production, um, but the price point on it was, was too high. Well, I yeah. really do like that, that your, your portfolio is, is pretty tight. Everything's quality, and it's all 
pretty affordable other than like some of these you know like 231 bottles exist in the world and they're really not unaffordable they're not crazy crazy expensive they're just hard to find and it's gonna still it's gonna retail for 130 bucks so like, it's, it's still... the aftermarket that gets expensive right <laughs> right yeah. yeah I mean we don't you know we do have the occasional fifteen two thousand dollar bottle things but they're rare right yeah literally <laughs> <laughs> So now you, you're, you've got the Armroot single malt, which is the traditional single malt, um, 100% Indian barley, grown in the north of India, uh, malted, uh, and then brought to the distillery where everything else is done. Have you had uh, this before, Arthur? No. You have. You probably just don't remember it. I think this was the bottle that you were chugging in the car in Miami. Well, it's very nice to revisit it. <laughs> yeah. um, With perhaps a little bit more clarity. Well, I mean, one, I mean, I just, I, I had a little question mark, but then the, also the flavor profile is, is, is unique. And yeah, a little I saw bit the atypical. analysis going through your brain. My synapses yeah. were, were, were firing a little bit. But I, I do want to address the, the, the role of barley. A lot of people don't realize, but I mean, barley that's being employed in, in, in Scotch whiskey production is largely coming from everywhere else. Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. isn't um, enough barley that's grown in Scotland or in the UK to supply the demand for yeah, so, uh, whiskey one, production. One of those criteria for Scotch whiskey uh, is not that it has to be made from from Scottish barley. Um, and I'll just apologize for my shitty Scottish accent. I watched Braveheart at seven in the fucking morning. Yeah, man, it's a great movie. Is it, was it a warm up for today? You're like, knew we were gonna sit down and talk about. Single malt, and you're like, I'm no, I, I just impulsively wanted something beautiful to fall asleep to. <laughs> and by beautiful, I mean, you know, William Wallace. Yeah, sweet. I've yeah. seen the movie. Hacking people up and shit. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that, um, that in India is an agricultural source for, 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 for barley, but on the flavor of this, and it's more on the palate than on the nose. We're all waiting with bated breath for your tasting notes. <laughs> it's no, fascinating it, radio here, folks. Well, then, hey, <laughs> man, man, fuck you and your dead silence. I'm trying to taste here. It, it, there's, there's almost, there's, um, it's not like a, a sherry kind of salinity, but it's, it's almost like chewing on, what, are the, what do you chew at the, the ballpark? Yeah, I was going to say, it's like a taffy kind of thing. Like, uh, not the taffy, like the salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's like, like the, uh, sunflower seeds. Like, when you know oh, when you yeah, got, like, a big amount of sunflower seeds in your mouth and there's just a little bit of salinity, um, but there's this this nutty kind of... Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 it's hard to compare because it's not like a celled aldehyde where it's, like, peanut brittle, but it, there's almost, like, um, a flavorful lazy kind of thing. If I were to move this into to, to, to wine in assessment... I mean, you you get the the usual markers of of the oak. There's very well integrated vanilla and and and, and subtle uh, baking spice, and they're you're really not rocking out a, a, a smoke content here. No, not at all. This is a um, sunflower seed kind of element. That it is got the nuttiness and but very kind of a soft seed. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I don't drink a whole hell of a lot of uh, of. Whiskey in general, definitely not single malt kind of or scotch or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, so I always kind of defer to tasting notes of the gentlemen around me or the ladies around me so that I can. Uh, what kind of barrels are they employing? They're, 
They're using uh, ex-bourbon and some new oak as well. Where's the new oak from? It's American oak. It's okay, so it's all American oak. Mm-hmm. For these, yes, they they do use. Uh, they have some uh, French and Spanish oak barrels in their sherry or port uh, ones they use, but for the mass vast majority of the whiskeys they make, they're in American either ex American bourbon barrels or ex American New York barrels. There's a fruit thing going on. So this is like a, a 70 year old distillery at this point. Correct. Uh, were they always aging in oak? At, uh, you know, in, well, in they didn't start. They didn't start making single malt whiskeys until the late 70s. Okay. Okay. Mostly used in blending in their um, their blended whiskeys that were selling. Okay. Got to round it out a little bit. And it wasn't until 2004 that they actually released single malt whiskeys into the world. That, that would explain why I was off my radar for so many years. Yeah, but yeah. They're, so they're, it's a relatively new whiskey brand in the market, but uh, you know, we it's been in the U.S. since 2010. Okay, well, I guess I pretty much ran into it shortly thereafter. So you've always been the U.S. importer. Yes, day one. We built pass, the brand. Mind passing the other and bottle over? And this is the Amrit Fusion. Uh, Fusion is called Fusion because they take. 75% of their cast strength single malt and 25% of their peated cast strength single malt. Okay. Marry the two together and age them further, and it's uh, bottled at 100 proof. So none of these have any color or flavoring added to them, nor do they have any, uh, they're not chill filtered, so it's all natural. Are they chunky? They're, uh, well, actually, it's funny because Blackadder has actually bottled uh, three or four Amrut casks and they had the chunkies in them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this one you're going to have a little smokiness nose. on yeah, it. Yeah, just a touch. Um, but it's but still subtle. It's, like for people who don't like <laughs> the, what they consider to be the typical scotch, uh, right. peated ones, this is a nice balance because you get more of that smokiness at the back of the throat, back of the palate. That's That's really so, I mean, I get a little bit more heat off of Yeah, that. a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, this is where I'm looking for a proof of my spirit. I mean, I, you know, every, it's unfortunate that in the United States, a lot of what we get is bottled at 80 proof. Um, you know, and, and chill filtered. Yeah, and it just really kills me, and I don't think people realize, you know, a lot of times when we're talking to customers, like, oh, it's 100 proof, I can't drink that, it's overproof. Like, no, really, I mean, they, you know, you can, we can add things to it. We can add water to it if you really want it right. to, you know, to bring the proof down a little bit. But, you know, to, for... Um, for a bottler to do that for us, you know, it's sometimes really disappointing. I've had some really beautiful independent bottlings of rums out there. And I'm like, eh, it's, there's so much potential there. I wish they would have bottled a cast drink. Like uh, ours. Yeah, because <coughs> you get the real expression. And I, I think I told you before we sat down here today, it's like rum concentrate, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, if that's too much for you, add a little water to it and bring it down and, and you'll discover more notes in it anyhow. So uh, the, the first, I'm um, uh, um, we said it was, it was. You said it was American, with a little bit of new, and I could see it best more charring, but it it it, it doesn't seem prominent. I, I I'm trying to figure out like. <laughs> you look perplexed over there, man. Well, no, man. I hate it when I taste something and I don't know what it is, man. It it, it makes my brain hurt. Well, you went to bed at um, like seven o'clock. That was like six so hours. So the 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 fusion like. It, has a wonderful display of 
that peat content. It's, yeah. it, it's restrained. It's not excessive at all. But it, it, it's obviously present. And I guess I'm trying to figure out, like, I mean, are these two whiskeys otherwise the same with the exception of the addition of that peat content so I can try and isolate the aromatics I'm getting? Because there's some really cool fruit in the, the first Amrut, the single malt whiskey, and that doesn't have any peat at all. Hmm. Not at all. Okay. And then that, all right. So obviously there's... But there's, I think you'd ha- if you had the cast strength version of that which is what goes into this, uh, you would have a lot more of that flavor profile and, and you could do a better analysis than this one, which is 92 proof. So the cast strength is 61.8 or 123.6 proof. So obviously okay. what, the addition of water is going to mute, mute some of those flavors. Yeah, and I mean, and, and forgive me, I just, I, did, I have a thing where it's like, name that smell. Sure. Yeah. I walk into a room, I'm like. Right oh. training, yeah. Name that smell. What so is what, that? what is it? Is it uh, vegetable? Is it floral? I, 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 is I, I, it? I think uh, it's, it's, there's a very peculiar fruit ester to it. Um, I mean, I, I I still feel comfortable that I taste that weird, ever so slight nutty um, sunflower thing, and then you know the the usual oak are, oak markers as I'd mentioned are are are, are, are present the, the the cream the custard the lactic kind of things going on and a little bit of cocoa, but there's a fruit ester that's like right mid palate that's just different. So I get I tend to get a lot of uh, fennel or anise, uh, and some orange in the mid palate, and then there's a bit of like uh, malted chocolate or or chocolate that comes through it as well. Sure, yeah, it's beautiful. So yeah, what's next for uh, what's next for for Glass Revolution? So uh, glass, I always want to say Glass Rev because that's yeah, uh, your your email yeah, address is Glass Rev. Yeah. Do you want to know where the name Glass Revolution came from? I mean, because we used to be Purple Valley, but we changed it to Glass. Oh, Revolution. Oh, that's right. You did used to be Purple yeah. Valley. Yeah. Well, we changed the Glass Revolution because we like to say that we're revolutionizing what's in your glass because we're not bringing in the same old stuff. No, you're certainly you know? not. I mean, looking across the board, everything that you do bring in, it's definitely. Um, it reminds me of like a, a previous guest of the show, Nico Pelosi, a close mm. friend of the show. But it's just a, it's a it's fantastic for us. It's a terrible business model. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, let's see how esoteric of things I can put in my portfolio and really have to like hand sell everything. But guys like us really appreciate it because you're never going to see the stuff again, you know. Um, and so if somebody like you doesn't pick it up, then we don't ever get a chance to try yeah. an Indian single malt, like unless we're happen to be in India and around in an area that happens to sell it. Right. So so you, I think you are revolutionizing some of the things that we're, we're getting to taste. So I assume, um, just from a chuckle, you know Nico? Yeah. Uh, Nico's, uh, the, uh, PM Spirits is our distributor in New York. Oh, okay. Well, oh, right on, uh, man. Right, great. I mean, it's a further endorsement. Uh, you know, I died um, as much as a fucktard I think Nico can be. Um <laughs> I do love him dearly, and I think he has. I think a, he loves you about as much, man. There you go. <laughs> he's, he's, he does speak highly of you, so. Oh God, what a. Uh, I love Nico. Fucking man. Nico. Uh, he does have an extraordinary palate, so I'm I'm not, I'm not surprised at all that um, that he represents these brands. Uh, these these have been fun. These have been delicious. Thanks. 
So you got your eyes on anything new to add to the portfolio? Other than uh, it seems like you got some independent things that you're in, doing. Independent. Like the so uh, I mentioned Murray, Murray, the Murray McDavid brand, which we will have uh, shortly, uh, including a really cool 25-year-old McAllen that was finished in a Koval rye cask. Hmm. Which okay. It tastes delicious. It sounds kind of funky, but it tastes amazing. Uh, we have a. I'm I've able to secure. Oh. I did earlier this year a uh, 28-year-old hammerhead Czech single malt that was made during the communist regime and then forgotten about when communism fell. And um, I was able to get a single cask of it, and, and we had 300 bottles that were released. There's a little bit of it left. Uh, it's amazing stuff, and I'm about to hopefully bottle a 30-year-old. And getting the, the cask sample should arrive tomorrow. So... So how many states actually end up seeing this stuff when it comes? I mean, uh, the ones that want it get it. You know, it's uh, it, it's for it's basically first come first serve. Yeah, uh, so because being here in the middle of the country, I often see that like New York, you know, like the the really big markets get first shot, and by the time we we get what's left over. Well, there is, actually, Vine and Table has some. Okay, all right. So, you know, there's cool. there's there's retailers around the country that support us and and like to know what we're bringing in and say, I want it. How can I get it? You know, I mean, even if it's a, a, a small amount, you know, I mean, none of this stuff is going to be K-stacked. But, mm. <laughs> you know, if you... I mean, I could stack it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I was a little giggle. I didn't mean that to be offensive. If um, you have, a, you know, someone who's on site and your retailer who is, is, is committed to being an ambassador and, and, and really sharing his her passion with with guests and yeah we should be able to get at least a little bit even yeah. if we're well, a lesser market yes i mean and a lot of the stuff like the emirate stuff is available in 45 states 425 now yeah. 40 <laughs> 45 where can people find you online uh do you have your portfolio listed up online yeah if they if they go to our website uh glassrev.com so g l a s s r e v.com all our all our products are on there Cool. You guys run like an Instagram account or anything like that? We do. Uh, we have Glass Rev and then also Whiskey Raj is me. Oh, Whiskey Raj is you. All right. With no E, so W-H-I-S-K-Y Raj. Um, so right Twitter, Instagram. I think we follow you on also. both already. But I think you do. Yeah, yeah. Think you do. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure we, yeah. we have for a while. But uh, I like the name, Whiskey Raj. Whiskey Raj. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah Whiskey Raj. Yeah. I've, never, oh, yeah. I've never had a cool nickname. You never had a cool nickname. No? Well, my name's no. Ed. It's two letters. What are you gonna do? It's uh, you know, it's hard to shorten it to anything. I don't. Yeah. Get, I don't get uh, Artie. Artie party. <laughs> Artie, Artie party. The Artie party. Um, hey, Raj, this was awesome, man. I'm I'm really glad that we were able to like link up and and do this today. Yeah, thank um, you for coming, Ed. And uh, these are wonderful. Thank yeah. you. A lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, thanks for hosting me. It's uh, it's been it's been great. And uh, it's like the rain stopped, so. Hopefully. You have more accounts to hit for the day, I'm sure. I do. I actually, and I'm doing a, an event tonight at uh, somewhere, and then I'm I'm here tomorrow as well. So super, hitting up some other accounts. Uh, uh, you, do you have any more of the rum runner with you? <laughs> like now we're just getting into the business part of it, unfortunately. Like, but oh, but uh, talk to Damien; he oh, will uh, have yeah, yeah. samples of the other two because uh, there's been some other inquiries and. Super. I just happened. I, I stuck that into my suitcase just before I was leaving. Hey, we're home. gonna become a rum town. We're gonna, gonna, cool. make, it, gonna make it happen. Um, well, I look forward to your new place opening, Mary. You will have. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. Cool we're, we Any talked ETA about ETA on that. No, there, there isn't. Uh, no, no further developments in the last two weeks from the last time you asked me that. But um, okay. it's coming along. It's coming along. It's looking pretty cool. 
Um, for those of you out there that want to look us up, we're at shiftdrinkpodcast.com. Uh, obviously, you can find us on Google iTunes. Uh, we will have a few of these bottles up on our Instagram account as well, which is also Shift Drink Podcast, I believe. I'm like I'm blanking on it now. I don't know. Um, but yeah, find us online, review us on your preferred social site, whatever, podcasting site. What the fuck? My brain's just shutting out now. I'm like, I'm just eyeballing this rum runner over here. <laughs> I'm like, I've scooted it closer and closer to me as there the you. episode's going on. You guys are reaching for the Amrut and I'm like pulling that rum over this way. So we got to ask him about his hangover cure. Oh, yeah. Shit. We totally forgot about that, man. <laughs> hey, man. Only drink quality spirits and you will not have a hangover. I don't know. I mean, you know, don't be mixing shit. You know, that's that's the thing. Like, you don't need uh, <laughs> a, after after a ton of whiskey, having a few glasses of wine and some well, beer. That just okay, doesn't work. but like to speak to that, and I'm not going to mention names here because I can't throw anybody under the bus. But we were recently in Chicago for the Rum Fest, and. We got pretty deep into some real McCoy, and then following that, we were drinking Four Square Principia. Um, a lot of it. Like, we killed the bottle. Well, we may not have killed the bottle, but the bottle did disappear because there one member of our party almost went to jail, um, <laughs> and he finally did make it back to our Airbnb at approximately 6 o'clock in the morning after pissing off a trail of taxi drivers because he got robbed on the way. I was going to say, oh, he was stood up. Yeah. He got he, well, he got robbed, and then he like had to stiff a couple of taxi drivers to get back to where he was going. <laughs> and so I, I can't really necessarily validate this only drink quality spirits because I'm, that Principia is pretty high on my list. Uh, as far as quality is concerned. And, uh, yeah, it, didn't, it did not cure any hangovers. That's for damn yeah. sure. Well, we didn't have it the following morning, so perhaps it would have cured it. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, or, uh, yeah, or you follow the Joe Jackson philosophy. What's the use of getting sober when you only have to get drunk again? <laughs> there you go. Well, Raj, if that's, the, if that's your cure, we're going to write it down. Um, hey, thank you so much. I hope that we can see you uh, what Whiskey Fest is I will not, 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 that, not that far out. So we'll, October, we'll, we'll definitely back. see you yep. in October. Then. Yep. So sure. maybe we'll have you back on the show and All we'll right. talk about whatever new cool stuff you got going on at that time. Cool. So. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we got it all. So, gentlemen, cheers. All right, cheers. Cheers. cheers.